The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I want my best games on the best platforms covered by the best announcing teams. Period. End of story. Welcome back, everybody. Here we go. Another edition of the Announcer Schedules podcast, episode number 58. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMont Mollen. He is the voice, the face, the sound that you hear coming through this podcast. He is also the Twitter handle at Announcer Schedules. We have episode 58 with a bunch on the docket today. The NFL, obviously college football is getting closer. We got some baseball news as well. And the MLS debut of Messi. We'll have the sound of that coming up just a little bit later on in this week's pod. Don't forget, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We're on Last Word on Sports where you can get three podcasts all right there on Last Word on Sports. Tell me a story I don't know with George Offman and Last Word on Sports Media with TJ Reeves drops on Wednesday. George's show drops on Tuesdays and we generally you can find us on Thursdays right here on the podcast feed. And Phil, the NFL is coming back. We got the Hall of Fame game uh, next Thursday so we'll officially have the start. CBS put their lineup out so we got a lot to discuss this week, man. Yeah, good to be with you, Mike. A lot to discuss. We we mentioned this last show. This is the time of year where you're starting to see those press releases come out from each of the networks confirming their teams on the both the NFL and the college football side of things. So we've got a lot of that to uh, reveal to the audience if they haven't seen it already and kind of break down a little bit who we're expecting to see on all the games as football season is right around the corner. Yeah, I know uh, CBS put out their uh, first – uh, week one lineups. The Eagles fans are going to get Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wilson. So let's look over it on week number one. Those CBS announced teams, and we got some new names and some new pairings. Yeah. So you know, first, just the the teams in general. Uh, of course, Nance, Romo, and Wolfson coming back as that number one team, and you know, no changes kind of on the top with Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, and Evan Washburn, Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, and Melanie Collins. Those are your your top three teams. But then it starts to get interesting because uh, we mentioned the uh, new pairing of Andrew Catalan, previous guest of the on the podcast, along with Tiki Barber and Matt Ryan. That's a three man booth. AJ Ross reporting Tom McCarthy uh, former guest of the podcast as well uh, looks like he'll get a game most every week now a, a part of the regular rotation versus you know more of uh, he was doing more select games before he'll be teamed with James Lofton and Jay Feely uh, another new booth uh, with a couple new names here in fact all three new names as far as network NFL television action Chris Lewis, who is a young rising star. We've talked about him before on the podcast. Jason McCurdy and Ross Tucker, who I know you're really familiar with, Mike. Uh, that'll be another three-person booth. So it's kind of interesting, you know, as far as these these new names, breaking them in with, with three-person booths. We talked about that a little bit before. But, you know, certainly some changes here. Uh, you know, kind of the, the name that that's missing is Greg Gumbel. You know, a lot of the tr- – 
Twitter followers were, were mentioning that. But if you recall, back in March, he uh, reportedly signed a new deal with CBS. He's 77 years old now. He's stepping away from the NFL after covering it for for three decades. But he'll stay on, you know, as that uh, host of March Madness and the Selection Show, and you know, focus more on college basketball. So um, that's the situation with CBS. And you know, they took kind of a proactive step in terms of their their announcement goes. And you, you touched on this a little bit, Mike, at the top, where they announced their first three weeks. Of pairings, I, I can't remember a, a network going quite that deep as far as telling you who, who's uh, calling which games for the first three weeks. So you can really start to plan at least for the games that CBS are covering as far as who might be covering your favorite team. Yeah, so uh, CBS has that. And then, of course, uh, Beth Mowens will do some select games, so she'll get the opportunity uh, to call some games. And uh, they also have a bunch of... Uh, uh, additional reporters in the bullpen if needed. And, of course, the rules analyst, a former guest of the podcast, Gene Steratore. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, some of those new reporters, a couple of them are, are, are brand new. In fact, Tiffany Blackman, we saw her a bunch on ESPN. Amanda Guerra, uh, who we've been seeing mainly on the, the college football side, uh, she'll be getting NFL assignments. And then Justin Walters as well. And, yeah, you know, exciting stuff as far as, you know, this kind of makes it real that, hey, NFL is, is right around the corner and it'll it'll all kick off, you know, in just just a couple weeks now and with the preseason games and so forth. And then, you know, the the CBS uh, studio show, it's worth mentioning those guys as well. Um, same old, same old, except for one big name, J.J. Uh, Watt, you know, go, joining the crew there on the, the CBS NFL today. So, um I, hey, I hand it to CBS PR getting all this information out earlier. It's certainly uh, handy for folks like us who, who love to discuss such things. Well, we know CBS has done the legwork. What about Fox, Amazon Prime, NBC, ESPN? What do we know? Uh, really no changes to the standalone games, Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays, uh, and then Fox NFL Sunday. Yeah, so there hasn't been an announcement from Fox yet. I'm sure that's coming soon as far as confirming all their names. But they did hold something, and a lot of our viewers might not realize this happens. And this happens across a lot of the networks where they have something called a preseason seminar. You know, they might call it different things at different networks. But it's basically you get all the talent and all the producers and uh, typically, I would think the directors as well, the lead producer and director, along with the the talent um, for the NFL or for college football. And you get them all in one room. Uh, you're able to preview the season. You're able to, uh, to, you know, talk to, you know, everyone as a group as far as maybe any rules changes or anything that they need to be looking at as far as themes throughout the season. And they kind of treat it as a media day of sorts as well, where they might take uh, promotional or publicity photos and that kind of thing to get ready for the, the season ahead. And Fox did, in fact, hold theirs uh, not too long ago. And you were able to ascertain from social media that some of these pairings were, in fact, confirmed because you're able to see the the publicity shots. And, you know, names like uh, Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth and Christina Pink, same crew as last year. They'll be back. Same with Chris Myers, Robert Smith and Jennifer Hale. Kevin Kugler, former guest of the podcast, he'll be back along with Mark Sanchez and uh, Laura Oakman uh, lead team. Of course, no changes there. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. However, uh, we know Tom Brady's coming um, a year from now. And, you know, you got to kind of think most of Fox is going to be same old, same old from what we saw 
uh, last year, and that was kind of confirmed by those publicity shots. So I can't imagine too many changes at Fox. It's more like, hey, let's look ahead to 2024 when Brady arrives as far as you know things that could change there if, in fact, Brady does uh, make his way to the booth. We never know. Yeah, I know that uh, everybody's kind of waiting on Brady to see what he ends up doing here, but it won't be this season, possibly next season. We'll see. So Fox, no announcement yet. The NFL preseason um, starts next Thursday, right? The uh, the third is the game, the Browns and Jets in that Hall of Fame game. Uh, so we are uh, one week from today. We will have NFL football back. I know that's a Westwood One radio game. Uh, so we'll see who's uh, going to be calling that first one to kick off the season. How about the college football season? College game day is going to have a little bit of a different look. Yeah, in fact, some some uh, standards that you're probably used to seeing every Saturday morning on college game day will, will no longer be part of the, the crew. Uh, David Pollack and Gene Wojcikowski, who uh, both – were part of those ESPN layoffs that we talked about a couple weeks ago. They won't be uh, part of the college game day crew, obviously. And Chris Felica, uh, if you remember the bear, you know, he's no longer part of the crew. He's over on Fox. I actually caught Chris a little bit on the Women's World Cup coverage. He's doing a lot of um, sports gambling uh, insight and analysis across all sports uh, for Fox. So uh, good for Chris. But uh, that leads us to the current lineup for college game day and it's the usual suspects in terms of reese davis lee corso kirk herbstreet desmond howard pat mcafee comes back he's obviously a big part of you know espn's um you know talent roster these days uh, pete tamil who was brought on last year for the first time is you know taking on that insider role and as far as breaking news and, you know, inside information on the college side of things. Then Jen Latta and Jess Sims will be back as well. So I would imagine Pat McAfee has a, you know, increased presence on the show. And uh, College Game Day will be back once again. It's their 37th season of the show, Mike, and their 30th year of doing the show on the road. Uh, their first road show this year will be in Charlotte on Saturday, September the 2nd prior to the South Carolina and North Carolina neutral site game. And that'll be their 440th road show of all time. So certainly they know this formula and how it works and how it engages the fans and that kind of thing. They do have competition now with the show over on Fox as well. But, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see a lot of the, the familiar names, uh, you know, this year. And, you know, Corso's back, so we'll have the, the headgear you know, and that kind of thing as well. So uh, exciting to see. Um, college game day and college football right around the corner as well. Yeah, and uh, how about some news on the ACC Network? Yeah, the ACC Network put out a, a release that revealed some of its plans as well. Um, and in terms of the booths and how they work, uh, Wes Durham uh, is now going to be the voice of a regular package, which will be that primetime ACC football uh, contest. He'll be along with uh, analyst Tim Hasselback. Uh, Taylor Tannebaum, who is a bit of an up-and-comer as well, she'll be reporting from the sidelines. Uh, she's a Florida State graduate, and she replaces Kelsey Riggs on the sidelines for that package. Uh, she, Riggs moves over to the studio show where she'll host uh, that program. Uh, Jordan Cornette, by the way, was was the host of the you know the 
ACC Huddle Studio Show. He was part of those layoffs as well. But Riggs moves over to the studio show. Uh, Tannenbaum, by the way, in addition to those uh, sideline reporting gigs, uh, she co-hosts a show with Mark Packer, you know, the son of Billy Packer, uh, called ACC PM. Um, you know, they'll be on the road on Fridays, Monday through Thursday. Uh, get this, Mike. You know, they'll continue to have that show. It's from uh, Mark Packer's basement. <laughs> He's able to get, <laughs> you know, that that short commute, uh, you know, to your, your home studio. But uh, cool deal, you know, to see the ACC Network un, un, unveiling their plans. Uh, their opener on terms of that primetime uh, contest will be the Old Dominion Virginia Tech game on the night of Saturday, September 2nd. All right, very good. College football going to be here before we know it. Uh, episode 58 continues over to the Big Ten now, uh, who announced their announced crews for the 2023 season, and they've got uh, big-time coverage this year. Yeah, Big Ten network. Uh, you know, it's the Big Ten certainly – Seems to be expanding its footprint, obviously, with the addition of USC and UCLA coming into the, the conference. Uh, this season coming up, 2023, uh, 40 broadcast on the Big Ten Network as far as, as far as game broadcast. They've got a bunch of studio shows going on, both on site at some of these stadiums, but also uh, from the studios. Uh, Play-by-players include former guests of the podcast, Connor Onion, uh, Corey Provis, who's uh, also the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, uh, Lisa Byington, uh, who's the you know TV voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Jason Ross Jr., amongst others. Uh, analysts include the veteran Matt Millen, along with uh, Jake Butt. You're seeing his name more and more. Anthony Heron and Brock Farine as well uh so yeah right around the corner here as well just like the acc network uh we've got the big 10 network uh gearing up for their season uh they do a lot of studio shows throughout the week uh, as well uh, guys like rick pizzo mike hall and dave revzen uh the studio host and then you know they use analysts G- jerry denardo by the way has been doing it for years as as kind of the the uh coach's perspective dave wanstadt is also part of that uh, big 10 network studio team and then a couple of uh, sports writers who i've always enjoyed their coverage of college football uh, nicole auerbeck who's with the athletic and also pat 40 who's now with sports illustrated uh they're part of the um front-facing coverage as well in those studio shows all right uh big 10 obviously uh, one of the premier conferences, and they go big on their coverage. What about NBC Sports and their new college football look? Well, speaking of Big Ten, you know, NBC Sports uh, going in, uh, you know, with that big primetime package and, you know, a huge, huge deal in terms of rights fees and all that. NBC Sports will continue to have Notre Dame as well. Uh, they announced their uh, studio show. It's a, a new show, the uh, Big Ten College Countdown, which will happen on uh, Saturday nights, you know, leading up to the the big game, but they'll also have you know coverage throughout the day, including uh, the the Notre Dame game coverage. They're going to change the the branding slightly, of course, since Notre Dame is not part of the Big Ten. It'll just be called College Countdown for the uh, leading into the Notre Dame games. But Maria Taylor is the host of that. Mac Castle uh, is an analyst, along with Joshua Perry and Michael Robinson. Uh, Amid Farid, who we get to see a lot on Sunday morning. Uh, 
Major League Baseball coverage on Peacock. He'll uh, co-host and, and anchor the show as well. And yeah, you know they've got uh, big plans happening. Their debut, Mike, you'll appreciate this as far as you know their their season opener on the primetime side of things. Saturday, September second, West Virginia, Penn State. You know, on over on NBC. And, you know, by the way, um, if you're wondering about the booth, this was announced way back in February. Uh, Noah Eagle, play-by-play, Todd Blackledge, analyst, and Catherine Tappen on the sidelines. And so that's who you can expect for that West Virginia-Penn State primetime game and on throughout the season of Big Ten action on NBC. There you go. Uh, so you uh, getting close to college football, NBC, CBS, and, of course, the uh, college game day, Fox uh, their countdown, they do that noon, big noon kickoff game, so we'll be all over that here on the Announcer Schedules podcast as well. Let's go go over to the Baseball Hall of Fame. What do you got there? Yeah, there was a big induction this weekend in terms of the, the broadcaster side of things. Pat Hughes, you know, the longtime radio voice of the Chicago Cubs, um, He's been around almost three decades with the Cubs. Uh, he's been calling Major League Baseball even longer than that. He called Brewers for for a bunch of years, uh, started with the Twins, and he is absolutely beloved. You know, I really got to, you know, um, understand just how loved he is by Cubs fans and, you know, how uh, respected he is throughout the business with all the, you know, tributes coming in this weekend. But he won the 2023 Ford Frick Award, which is presented to the broadcaster for major contributions to baseball. Um, you know, he gets his name and his image in the Baseball Hall of Fame and until eternity. And yeah, you know, big, big company as far as who Pat uh, joins in terms of previous winners of that award. Uh, inaugural winner Mel Allen, Red Barber, uh, Marty Brenneman, Harry Callis, Bob Euchre, John Miller, uh, Tim McCarver, Al Michaels, you know, just the the elite of the elite in terms of baseball broadcasters. And, you know, it's cool, you know, watching the um, his Hall of Fame speech, uh, which actually that ceremony happened the night before the, the players were inducted on on Sunday. It was on Saturday in Cooperstown. But he mentioned his influences in terms of broadcasting. And it was an interesting group of people who he mentioned. Uh, he came up in the Bay Area, so he mentioned guys like Russ Hodges, Lon Simmons, and Bill King. Uh, also, John Facenda, you know, that voice of NFL films was a was a direct influence of his. He mentioned Vin Scully and Al Michaels and Marty Brenneman, uh, Costas and Harry Carey as well. Uh, he worked a bunch of years with, with Euchre, and he also worked a bunch of years with uh, Al McGuire, you know, uh, dating back to his coverage of uh, Marquette. He was also the uh, voice of Marquette basketball for a bunch of years, Pat Hughes. So um, cool to learn more about Pat Hughes and uh, a big congratulations to him, who, who's continuing to broadcast, by the way. It's not like he's retired or anything, uh, continues to to uh, call games. And, uh, yeah, just um, awesome stuff to see that sort of tribute. Uh, very cool. Good stuff from you there, Phil, on the background of uh, Pat Hughes Hall of Fame. By the way, a couple players went in there as well. It was uh, Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff. They were the two players. Uh, the crime dog. In. Yes, the crime dog. I met the crime dog once. I Obviously, I've met Rowland a few times uh, in covering the Phillies, but I did meet Fred McGriff one time. He was hanging out at uh, Frenchie's Tiki Bar down at uh, Philly's Spring Training one time. Super nice guy, just kind of mingling in with the crowd. You wouldn't even have known he was there. Uh, but the crime dog in the Hall of Fame, and so is Scott 
Rolling. All right. What's um, the specialty at, at Frenchies? Is it like a fried grouper? Sandwich yeah, they do or the something? grouper sandwiches, grilled, fried, however you want it. Now the tiki bar at the Phillies game, they don't do food. They only do drinks, but they do have Frenchies all throughout Clearwater Beach area. There's like four or five of them down on the beach, uh, and they do the grouper sandwiches. There is their thing down there. <laughs> what a place to hang with the crime dog. There wow. you go. Um, you don't see. The former players walk around as much as you used to, but you used to routinely see like former players just kind of walking through the crowd there uh, in, in, you know, baseball spring training in general. It's not quite like that anymore, but still a great time. Uh, speaking of baseball, how about former guest of the show right here, Tom McCarthy setting the tone with a Phillies walk-off win. Let's take a listen. Not too many folks have left. Not too many are sitting. And the 1-1. Ground ball toward the hole. Yes. Mason at the left field. The Phillies have come from behind here in the bottom of the ninth inning. They've scored twice. Alec Bohm wins it with an RBI single to left. And what a celebration that's carrying the team into right fields. There you go. Alec Bohm with a walk-off winner there. That was one of many fun calls in that series uh, That uh, between the Phillies and the, the, the Orioles. Uh, the uh, two teams went back and forth with some three really good games there, but there's a walk-off winner from Tom McCarthy, who we talked about earlier, is going to be doing NFL, and I wonder how that's going to affect his uh, down-the-stretch playoff run Phillies uh, duties. Well, you did see listed on that announcement, Beth Moen's kind of in the in the uh, bullpen there on select play-by-play game. So maybe uh, we'll see how the Phillies playoffs uh, work themselves out and whether that's necessary or not. And you mentioned this Orioles Phillies series had highlights kind of on on both sides. You know, there was some some Baltimore announcing highlights as well. They did kind of an interesting thing where they switched up their radio and TV guys. Uh, Brett Hollander, who's usually on the radio side. Uh, stepped in and did the the television coverage along with uh, Ben McDonald. And then Kevin Brown, who uh, typically has been doing the the TV side of things, went over to the radio side. And there was a moment earlier in the series, I think game one of the series, Mike, where the Orioles announcers like kind of willed a – a home run it was almost like the the reverse jinx like you know you, you talk about it hope it's going to happen and then you know in fact it did a, a homer in that Orioles game but uh, good stuff from both the Philly side and the Orioles side of things in that uh, big uh, Major League Baseball series yeah I did see the uh, the Orioles announcers kind of willing that uh, home run uh, you know, hey, he hasn't hit a home run in a while. Then he wraps one around the pole out there. And then they had the reverse happen. Uh, they were saying, you know, Bryce Harper, you know, he's not hitting with the same power, and then he drives one 350 over the wall here. <laughs> uh, so it was, a, it was a fun series with a couple of different moments there. How about a moment you don't see often? Yeah, triple play. I got to see my first ever triple play, Mike, earlier this summer as official scorer for the Asheville Taurus, the the minor league baseball team up here in the the mountains of Western North Carolina. Um, it was a fairly routine one. Uh, we saw a very rare one uh, in the Braves Red Sox game, and you know the skeptic could say it's the result of poor base running, but regardless, it goes in the scorebooks and a rare eight three five triple play uh center fielder to first baseman to third baseman only the second in baseball history in american league or nl history the first was way back in 1884 
So this is an extremely rare uh, also, occurrence. By the way, which also was the Braves franchise. They weren't the Atlanta Braves at that time, but they were uh, the team that did it. So the Braves are the only organization that actually had this happen. Let's take a listen. Brandon Gauden with the call here. Braves, Red Sox. Shallow right center, long run, but Michael gets there. Throwing back to first, may have a play. Double the ball for maybe a triple play. It is unbelievable. Just how they drew it up. Well, if it wasn't Cloudy, I would now be checking for a full moon. No there you go. 8-3-5 on the put out there. Michael Harris kind of catches it running in forward and on the run throws it to first, first to third, makes the tag. That's uh, bad base running. I'll have to give it to him. <laughs> That's bad base running. Yeah, and in fact, you know, there were some, some people criticizing the um, Nesson broadcast, the Red Sox broadcast, because they kind of went immediately to break uh, right after that play and didn't get a chance to to critique it enough and and uh you know be harsh on that that base running uh sort of thing but then when they came back after break they were able to to dig into it but uh yeah i i mean hey i hand it to brandon Gordon. uh sometimes you know having witnessed a triple play now for the first time myself um it is a little off guarding because it's something you just never uh you know see happen and it's almost like you got to double check in your head like all right did i in fact see a triple play did that is that exactly how it went especially when there's you know base runners all over the infield in that kind of thing but uh nice job there by by brandon obviously um you know informing the viewer and uh good good job by those researchers to dig up that statistical note as well uh that original uh you know braves uh um franchise name the boston bean eaters so uh you know the bean eaters do it uh and then the braves uh this many years later the boston bean eaters we need teams like that in uh i guess they have them in the uh the miners right there's like the anteaters and the aardvarks and stuff like that right oh sure and the savannah bananas yes savannah bananas i think they're going to be up in my neck of the woods here uh in the near future um check them out all right what about uh apple tv plus this weekend yeah, more Apple TV Plus coverage, Guardians, White Sox, and Angels, Blue Jays. Uh, you know, haven't seen officially who's doing these games yet on Friday, but you got to assume it's the Wayne Randazzo crew since Wayne's part of that Angels uh, uh, crew anyway uh, for the Angels-Blue Jays game. And then there's more action this weekend, of course. You know, the, the Fox primetime uh, package on Saturday, Red Sox, Giants, and Rays, Astros. Uh, that's also an ESPN radio uh, weekend both games on Saturday and Sunday Yankees Orioles Carl Ravitch moves over from the TV side to work with Doug Glanville on the Saturday game on ESPN radio and then uh, Book Shambian in Glanville on Sunday all right uh, that is uh, the uh, baseball that we have coming up this weekend and then of course uh, the big story really uh, that we had last week uh, if you missed it was the debut of Messi and uh, I guess Phil it really didn't disappoint. I guess uh, some would say this was a storybook written uh, ending for this first game. His game-winning free kick in his Inner Miami debut. Let's take a listen on Apple TV. Joseph Martinez into Messi. Immediately closed down. Free kick given. Here we go. Here it is. 
Messi! All right, there you go. That's the call uh, for Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, Jake Ziven, the play-by-player for Apple TV+, Plus, as, uh, hey, Messi, couldn't write it up any better than that, right? Yeah, they're they're going crazy back in my, my hometown of Miami about this deal, obviously, Messi coming in. I mean, it could be uh, wild just how much scoring he does. He, he got a couple more goals in, in his second game. I think he's exposing a little bit just the, the quality of play for a lot of the MLS <laughs> defenses out there. But Jake Zivin, uh, if you don't know Jake, you know, he's been the voice of the Portland Timbers really, uh, you know, um, you know, locked in on the, on the soccer side of things, been calling MLS for a long time. And, you know, what a, um, suddenly elevation of your uh, assignment you know you're you're working apple tv games you're doing the mls uh, package and that kind of thing and then all of a sudden messi arrives and you know not only does does your viewership explode but suddenly just you know everybody's watching every move as as soon as messi gets into the contest and that kind of thing so uh, nice work by jake in terms of uh, handling that that big moment there on apple tv plus yes uh, so messi's mls debut on apple tv plus a success as uh, he kicks the game winner there on the free kick. Uh, more summer sports as we wrap up episode 58. Yeah, you know, the Women's World Cup still, uh, you know, going strong. Uh, it, we're taping this on Thursday, the USA and, and Netherlands last night, you know, uh, with a draw. That was uh, an interesting uh, game by by all means as far as Netherlands uh, getting ahead of the U.S. Uh, J.P. Della Camara, uh, Allie Wagner, and Jenny Taft, along with Tom Rinaldi on the coverage of that one. And then, you know, coverage continues throughout the, the weekend. Uh, if you're a insomniac or a you know, night owl or a, a extremely early riser. You've got action, you know, all throughout the night, um, including, you know, chances to see another former guest of the podcast. We talked to her a bunch of, as far as the women's world cup goes, uh, Kate Scott, you know, she's been doing a bunch of these games. Uh, she'll be on, um, Late Friday night, early Saturday morning, 3.30 a.m., Sweden versus Italy, along with Danielle Slayton. And then she'll be also doing a game uh, 3 a.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. or midnight, uh, 12 a.m. Pacific time, Norway and Philippines uh, early Sunday morning. So chances to see Kate Scott and continue to see the, the whole crew out there in Australia and New Zealand. And then there's a couple other sports, you know, a little more niche, which have gotten my attention as well. Um, you know, the world swimming championships taking place. Katie Ledecky is shattering all sorts of records, um, including some of those owned by Michael Phelps. And that's going to be going down. She's got an opportunity to uh, win the world title, on the 800 meter freestyle on Saturday, uh, Dan Hicks, uh, along with Rowdy Gaines, on the on the call of that one. And then we talked about the Tour de France a bunch uh, in how much that production continues to shine. Well, the Women's Tour de France, which is a, a really growing event, uh, that'll be coming down the stretch this weekend as well on Peacock. They'll also have an encore on CNBC. And Phil Liggett, the voice of cycling, will be back. <laughs> 
in the saddle for that one. So I always enjoy the summer because, you know, you're able to kind of check out some of these other sports. It, it's got a little more of an international feel in terms of some of these sports. You're starting to see promotions for next year's Olympics, which, by the way, you know, will be uh, happening the Summer Olympics in 2024 in Paris. And, uh, you know, chance to, you know, kind of check out some of this other stuff, you know, and oftentimes what I enjoy are the off hours that you can wake up and, you know, uh, have breakfast at 7 a.m. in the morning and, and catch some of this action. So uh, plenty going on still. But, you know, as we led with uh, all eyes on the start of that football season, which is right around the corner, Mike. Yeah, uh, good stuff, Phil, as always, going deep on all the sports there. Uh, th- I don't know, if, before we get out of here, I don't know if you got a chance. Did you see Joey Votto at all on High Heat with uh, Mad Dog Russo, uh yesterday? I guess it was. We're taping on Thursday. I guess it was on Wednesday. Have you seen yeah, this video at all? I, I, I saw that it was getting some traction. I have not watched it yet. Can you uh, inform us a little, Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the question was, but he... I I guess he was. He said he basically went all WWE heel on Mad Dog, and I guess it was in a playful manner. But the clip makes it. He said, "Hey, I heard you recently say that Zach Grinky and I are both in the Hall of Very Good, and why we agree." And then he just went full heel mode on uh, Mad Dog, and Mad Dog just kind of sitting there, kind of smiling and laughing, but. Uh, I, I thought of it on this pod thinking there's got to be a role for Joey Votto in a broadcast booth somewhere down the line. That was my takeaway from listening to it. If you can go toe-to-toe with Mad Dog Russo. Yeah, yeah Mad Dog speechless. <laughs> awesome stuff. I'm going to have to give that a, a look. Appreciate that, Mike. All right. Uh, episode 58, a little quickie for you guys out there in the books. Nice uh, and neat for you. Don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and you can get three podcasts on the feed. Last word on sports media uh, on Tuesday. George Offman, tell me a story I don't know. Kind of a Chicago slant uh, with great interviews from that region of the country, and George does a really good job of having these guys tell some stories. TJ Reeves does last word on sports media. He kind of looks at ratings and what everybody's watching out there. And then, of course, we've got the Announcer Schedules podcast here. So if you can like, rate, review, and, of course, subscribe to the podcast. These are all big helps. Five stars are better than four. I can tell you that much. Uh, We are learning that here. The more you give us the five stars, the higher up the algorithm list we can get, and the more we can continue to pump out great material. So get that out there for us. Leave us a nice little note on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're going. So do all that great stuff for us, and we will be back next week with episode number 59 of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. For Phil... I'm Mike. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody.